Jy luister na die stem van die kaap op 91.3 en 95.8 FM stereo. Good evening, Khuyanand, Moweni, and a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kali show. Tonight, very excited, also, you know, feeling good to be back. I've been away for a few weeks. Um, we continue with our discussion, and our discussion focuses tonight on child abuse. And you know, when I was thinking of it, I'm thinking, you know, all these tough subjects kind of fall in my lap, and I'm actually sometimes wishing that I can do those those lighter programs that I did in the past. So I have a guest in the studio, social worker at Childline, Michelle Skippers, and she is here to share her knowledge and her guidance and her expertise with us. Michelle, good evening and welcome to the program. Good evening, Shahida. Thank you so much for inviting Charles and for having me here. And you know, I must just say thank you because this is family time. I always mm. appreciate my guests taking the time out to come to the program because it's a time when you, you know, you would, you would like to be with your family, mm. right? Mm. So, you know, Having the focus on you being from child line, the first question to ask is there's often this confusion about is child line and lifeline one organization? Please tell me. Okay. So lifeline initially before we split in our lifeline we were lifeline childline western cape lifeline is now an organization on its own and we and childline is organization on its own we obviously still work together mm -hmm. um so lifeline is more provides telephonic counseling um to adults they service adults and they do, they provide, they do certain courses, they do personal growth courses, they do counseling skills courses. So if you want to become a lay counselor, you would follow that process. Mm -hmm. And um, where Childline specifically works with children between the ages of three years and 17 years of age, children who has been sexually abused, children who has gone through any form of trauma. Um, we also do bereavement counselling. We also do court preparation for children, so specifically our um, sexual abuse victims who need to go to court. We prepare them for that process. And um, other services that we do which will fall into our community um, involvement would be going out to schools and doing like prevention and awareness programs with learners, teaching them about the body, body safety, you know, simple things like what is good touches, what is not so good touches, mm -hmm. what to do if you are touched in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable, that makes you feel not good, what is your right, what is your process to follow. We also 
to handle issues, you know, an issue that is quite big in our country, bullying. So we do bullying workshops with wow. the learners as well. My goodness, you do a lot. We do a lot. Yeah. We do a lot. Yes. Yeah, and I'm just basically trying to briefly sum up what we do. So there's a lot. We also do parental skills workshops because, as you know, when working with a child, mm-hmm. if we're following an holistic process, we yeah. want to heal this child holistically. We cannot work with a child in isolation yeah. and, and disregard the parent. Parents also need to be educated on better understanding their children and especially if a child has gone through sexual abuse mm-hmm. that child changes yeah. so mom needs to be equipped with the necessary skills and information and knowledge but mom also needs to be held in that process because that's quite a traumatic process for her herself yeah. and I'm not specifically just speaking about mom we're speaking about caregivers in general so whether it be the grandmother the grandfather who's supporting this child through this process okay. so there's quite a lot that Childline does okay so I just want to come back to yes. trauma. You mm. say children of trauma. Mm-hmm. So children of trauma, trauma would include what? Okay. So trauma could include a child witnessed a murder. Okay. That's a traumatic event for a child. That can changes, change a child's perception mm-hmm. on life or um, it can create certain feelings within a child. A child who was maybe... Um, hijacked, mm-hmm. um, exposed maybe a, a robbery victim. Um, trauma could also be if a child has gone through, parents has divorced. Now, with 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 child, and we're quite clear on this that we would we would see the child after the divorce procedure has been done with mom and dad, and then the child would come to us and we would have counselling sessions because now. The child's sense of home and family, that has changed. changed. So life as the child knew it before, that has changed. So the child could be exhibiting certain emotions Mm. or behavioral issues Mm. Mm -hmm. or it could have affected the child's um, academic performance at school because that's what trauma does. It affects on an emotional, a mental and also a developmental level. Mm -hmm. So then the child would come and we would work with the child. Um, the child didn't receive therapeutic counseling from us when one of the social workers my goodness you know I just have renewed respect for for Childline I think you cover such a broad spectrum Mm. and you know when when we're thinking of child abuse you don't always unpack the different areas that you would be covering but you know you mentioned before we even started the program that a huge percentage of your cases would be um, children who have been sexually abused. I just want to ask you, Mm. of the children whom you are seeing at Childline, are these children mostly who come through a court process or any specific type of process or do you see a huge percentage of children um, that are referred to you by other professionals or even a parent who phones um, Childline? Okay, so basically in a nutshell, it's all of the above, Shahida. Okay. So we could have a parent coming in we would call them walk-in clients yeah mom comes in mom found out child has been sexually assaulted or child has been raped mm-hmm. um, mom would come in mom doesn't know what to do mom has seen that the child has changed yeah. child has maybe moved from a child that was outgoing socialized a lot an extrovert personality now all of a sudden child is more withdrawn the child's academic performance has dropped Teachers complaining about the child. Mom doesn't know what to do. So then we would see the child. Um, 
other organizations refer to us as well. Okay. So, for example, Department of Social Development, mm-hmm. um, you will be of what kind of work they are doing. They do yeah. mostly, you know, issues of neglect and um, physical abuse, yes. those kind of issues they would cover. So when it comes to a case of where a child, they have knowledge of that a child has been sexually abused, they would refer to us. Mm-hmm. The police would refer to us. Okay. Other um, wealthy organizations like Asifiafia, yes. like FAMSA, mm-hmm. so all the other role players and all the other NGOs, whether it be or governmental organizations, yeah. would refer to okay. us. Okay. But many cases when, it, when, when it's being referred to us, the case has been reported. Okay. That's one of our first things that we need to do as a social worker. Has the case been reported? Okay. Because you know, as, as it's stated in the Children's Act, that any person, yes. emphasis being on that, any person who has knowledge of a child that has been sexually abused is responsible to report that. Yeah. So there's a range of organizations and people that, that refers to us. Okay, so it brings me to, and I know that you are based in the Mitchell's Plain area. Mm-hmm. You know, then I think about your staff complement. I'm thinking, oh my word, do you have a backlog? Do you have, because these would all be emergency yes. urgent cases. Yes. So do you have a waiting, um, mm-hmm. you know, period? Because my goodness, how do you fit in everyone and you know be able to attend to all of these especially when you working with a range from 3 to 17 yes. you're covering a lot of children yes you know Shahida that is one of our challenges mm. I can when only it comes imagine. when it comes to so we do have a waiting list so we have firstly Charlton has three centers so I'm based at the Mitchell's Plain Center then we have an office in Weinberg and then we also have an office in Tigerberg okay we do have a waiting list so when an organization, for example, like Department of Social Development refers to us, they are aware that we have a waiting list. So mm-hmm. they would inform the parent or the caregiver that this case has been reported to Childline, but, we, but do not expect now that the social worker is going to call you tomorrow. Yeah. Be patient. This, yes. It's going to take some time. And that's the sad reality of it. And, and, and it's part of, you know, working for an NGO. It's not that we don't want to help everyone yeah. coming through. It's just that we don't have the human resources. Yes. To be able to, you know, give more speedily responses yeah. on when we get a case coming through to us. Yeah. And um, we would also, we'd inform the parents. If we see that this, this child has been on the waiting list for quite a long period of time, yeah. then our administrator or, or even one of our social workers would we'll call the parent up and to say that we have received your referral. We haven't forgotten about you. Yeah. I think that's important, communicating yes. with the caregivers. Yeah. Because they, then they uh, know. Yeah. I've yeah, then they know. I've picked up that they get very yeah, frustrated when they don't know what's going on. And concerned because yes. I think the, the immediate worry is have they forgotten have about Yes, yes. Has the, and, and what we've also, you know, in my experience, and I'm speaking from my experience of, 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 of being a social worker at Childline, is that um, not getting 
information from the investigating officer mm-hmm. maybe about where am where's my child with regards to my sure. child's case you know those yeah. type of things yeah. so sometimes we need to fill that gap we need to call the investigating officer we need to go personally to fcs sure. and find out what's happening with this child's case yeah. and you need to be you need to be able to do that because if we, when we look at ourselves as being social workers what does that mean you advocators for children for yeah. children's rights right yeah. the child doesn't have that voice you sometimes need to be that voice yeah. So, yes, we do have a waiting list, but we would we'd make contact. We try to inform the parents so that they know that we will, re- we will respond to you as soon as possible. Okay. If a, a walk-in parent okay. comes to you, so when, a, when an organization has referred yes. a child to you, it, it probably would be a better match because they will know who are the children that you are accepting. Yes. But then a walk-in parent could be a parent whose child is or, yeah, a child is neglected. This could be a granny bringing a child in. The child is very neglected. Mm-hmm. You often see this with uh, in families where there's drug abuse going. Yes. Um, and you might uh, realize that this is a child not really suited for our organization. Mm. And I'd like you to hold the thought because okay. I'd like to, uh, you know, for you to respond in terms of what then happens, how will such a case be managed? Because ultimately, that granny would be hugely worried. I always say people come to you and at the time when they come to you, it's at, when they are at the, at, you know, the tether and they, mm. it's kind of like a last mm. resort and they are very, very worried. So, so the question was, if a walk-in parent or grandparent, as I said, walks in and and let's take the issue of the child is neglected because of the parents um, using drugs etc and and you now you know get the child Um, and this child might not be suited to what you cover what will that uh, process be like okay so firstly um, for me if a grandma walks in I would want to know who is the caregiver of the child now. So is mom still in the child's life or the parent that is the alleged parent that is aba- that has abandoned the child or has grandma- grandmother taken over the parental role? First, I would like to know, I would I want to ask that. If it is a case where the child is still living with mom, then okay. I would call in Department of Social Development okay. and refer mom to Department of Social Development because Department of Social Development does home visitations, okay. which Childline doesn't do okay. home visitations. Okay. We, our clients come to us. So we provide the therapeutic yeah. um, counseling to the child. Yes. If it's a case where grandma, for example, says, but um, this child is now staying with me, with me, mom is on the streets, I don't know where mom is, I would have a conversation with, you know, t- trying to determine for how long has um, child been in grandmother's care. What changes has grandmother seen within the child? Mm-hmm. What emotional changes has, yeah. has grandmother seen? What behavioral changes has, has grandmother seen? And... Um, because that is so traumatic, yeah. So that would fall under trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we would the, we would provide counselling services to the child. Okay. If it is, for example, um, a case of where the child e- suffers from substance abuse, mm-hmm. substance abuse is not child's area of expertise. Okay. And the child would then. 
possibly to go to a rehab center. So okay. I would refer the child to a rehab center. Okay. So you do referral appropriate referrals if Childline is not, not the appropriate place for the child to be seen. We do that. We will provide grandmother because that's the example that you you we were using we would provide grandmother with where she can go okay. we would even go as far as calling so if it is a, a drug related issue i would call the rehab center mm-hmm. i would say that i'm sitting here with so and so she's having this problem because now i also need to find out what is the intake process mm-hmm. right can she just walk in or she need to make an appointment <coughs> those something that i would relay that information to grandmother and then grandmother will take it further i would i we would also even go as far as in maybe following up just to sure. see you know um has she been helped has she yeah. received um the necessary um, help for the child yeah. and um, yeah so we would do a follow up process okay I think I was probably one of the experiences that I had was with a lady who contacted Nicro okay. for example and and saw the uh, Nicro social worker with an adult child and it was also drug um, abuse related mm-hmm. and this lady was almost shocked in a in a very good way when she saw the social worker the morning okay. and the afternoon the social worker gave her a call to ask if she's okay wow yeah. and that's you know, what we need isn't it amazing that is this, this woman this woman i think it was like when you when you come away from it and you say thank god in the world there's still mm. good people you mm. know that for me was was almost a beautiful example mm. of feeling you've been heard and you know people do care and that's important for a parent and for a caregiver or, or anyone actually humanity in in, in its whole yeah. that you want to feel heard, heard but specifically with the case of where it's dealing with children or when mom or grandma is just like at its wits in they don't know what yeah. more to do they are desperate yeah. you need to don't rush we know we don't rush in just referring we'll call them into our office we'll have a chat with grandma yes. we'll find out how grandma is doing as yeah. well because remember this is affecting grandma as well yes. so even though we want to get help for the child we also need to didn't you see if grandma's also sure. emotionally taking care of herself in order for her to take care of her child so it seems so important what you're saying right now feeling heard feeling yeah. that you know there are there are people that really want to help you someone listened to me and someone, someone didn't just send me from this place to that place and say right. you know i can't help you go there go there yeah. but someone tried yeah and, and, heard and you. you know what is so great is when people leave from your desk and feel a sense of hope yes yeah that's so important hey just if you're able to give a person a sense of hope sure so I've received a message and I just want to connect you know my my next uh, discussion and what we'll focus on um, that the and, and but I'm also looking at oh my word isn't a time for us to actually break for the period of the late evening prayer oh my word they're telling me in 20 second time so what we'll do is we will read and attend to the message that had been sent through about the person 
who used anatomical dolls. I refer to a message that I'd received. I'm going to read it for you. The person writes, I facilitated child abuse awareness and prevention workshops with the anatomical dolls from grade R to grade 3 and was astounded to see how many learners have in some way or the other been abused and either it is not believed by the adult, this is such an important point this person's making, or the abuse has gone unreported. The person says Childline does amazing work. Thank you for the message. Thank you for praising and ex- and expressing um, gratitude towards Childline because I too think that they're doing amazing work. And Michelle, it's a direct compliment to the work that you're doing. You Thank know. you. It's great. It's it's you're welcome. It's great that people will choose as a profession social working because Mm. my goodness it is such a vitally important Mm. profession for people to go into but let's get back to disclosure when you find yourself doing you know a workshop at a school what happens when children could come up to you and disclose Okay, so disclosures, so when we speak about disclosures, we... And does it happen? It does happen, it does happen. So you get two types of disclosures, you get the accidental disclosure, Mm -hmm. and then you get the purposeful disclosure. And if you can explain that Yes, I'm going to do that for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the accidental disclosure would be where the child is maybe caught in the act of the abuse right mom walks in mom sees uncle johnny from next door having sex with the child that's Mm -hmm. accidental disclosure um or child is even caught in maybe in an act of sexual play maybe playing with him or herself Mm -hmm. or maybe for example specifically speaking to to what the the um the lady sent the email on is that we while someone is talking about the abuse yeah so we've got i've gone to schools and we still like I said mentioned earlier but we would do prevention and awareness programs so the little ones we would use the anatomical dolls mm-hmm. which is basically a doll that looks exactly like a child so it would have the private parts of the child yeah. um, and I've had a few um, instances where a, where a child has come up to me strangely enough one incident where two girls that was the friend of the victim mm-hmm. came up and said that um, so and so was yes. touched by her uncle but she's a bit shy but she disclosed to her friend okay. so sometimes many times we find that children would not disclose to mom and dad or the caregiver yes. they would disclose, disclose to someone else okay and then with the permission of the two girls i would ask them do you think she would want to talk to me and then they would go out as an, an example now they would go out and they called her in and then i spoke to her mm-hmm. and i asked her has she told anyone about it? because that's what we need to determine is this the first time she has disclosed yes. has a case been made has she received counseling mm-hmm. so if it is for example in a school setting there is a in some schools is a social worker or otherwise there's a social worker from department Department of Social Development, mm-hmm. or even the principal or the teacher yeah. would then refer. Okay. okay. But in a case with me where the child has now told me, I would need to find out, does mommy know, does daddy know about this, and then we will take the process from there. Okay. So that does happen. Sometimes after children receiving education on yes. what sexual abuse is, and yeah. they're like, oh, but that happened to me. Right. And then they have the bravery 
to speak up. Yeah. But it's not an easy process. No, it's, it's not, not an easy, easy to do, Shaida. For me, one of the things that breaks my heart is when a child would have disclosed and a parent would not have believed. Oh, that for me is that so. Happens. Yeah. It is so, that so, happens, so sad. Especially if it's maybe dad. Yeah. Being accused of being the alleged perpetrator. Yes. Maybe it's mom's boyfriend. Yes. Mom cannot believe that. Mom has love for this man. Yeah. She has a certain perception. She she upholds him to a certain standard. So she's like, this cannot be true. This yeah. is not him. He would never do this. Yeah. I've had issues. With that, and that is very hard to work with that child. Yeah. Because... Now the child is being blamed for breaking up, possibly breaking up the relationship yes. between mom and dad. Yes. Child is feeling like, oh, I should have rather just kept my mouth because mm-hmm. now I've now jeopardized my relationship with my mother. Yes. Sometimes children, they need to be removed from the mom and being need to go and stay with grandma. Mm-hmm. So you don't understand all the, the effects that it has, the ripple effects of this on this child. Yeah. So it's hard. It's very, very hard. And it brings me to another issue. Mm. Under which circumstances would you usually, I use the word usually, um, feel and get to the the decision that a child needs to be removed from the family? Okay. So that is more for Department of Social Development or organizations that does statutory work. Okay. So we don't do child removals. Mm -hmm. So... If I can refer then, or I can report the matter to a social worker at um, Department of Social Development and say that I'm a bit concerned here about this. Maybe the child came for counseling to me, yes. and child is still in the presence, uh, in the care of mom, and child mm-hmm. has divulged certain information to me, and I feel either the child is being neglected, child has maybe disclosed to mom, child is, has been sexually abused, mom has done nothing about it. The onus thing lies on me. To either report, I would first like to call in mom and to empower her Mm. and to empower and give information that you had knowledge of this. Yeah. So, and then I would take her to the act and tell her what the law says because it's going to be a bad reflection on her when they find out she knew that her child was sexually abused and she did nothing about it. If mom is still... I'm not going to do anything about it, then I would need to report it. The social worker would then need to report it. Mm-hmm. And and you will refer to social uh, Department of Social Development because they would have to do home visits, home visits and take and, the process and do the from assessment. There. But when it comes to sexual abuse, I would report the case on the child's behalf. That would be at the police station. The police yeah. station would then bring in a um, the officer from FCS mm-hmm. and... They would see the child, they would, there's a whole process, child needs to go to the district surgeon, needs to be examined, yeah. child's statement needs to be taken, there's quite a process with regards to sexual abuse. Yeah. But specifically to answer your question, Shahida, I would refer to Department of Social Development and they would need to go to that mother's home to see what's happening there, what's the dynamics in the family, yeah. um, do an assessment and they would then determine if this child is in danger um, and should the child then be removed Mm -hmm. then i'd like to to go to a different type of um abuse that that of late you see children are subjected to Mm. in fact quite quite scary 
and that is the access to internet, um, pornography, selfies that they're taking, mm. exposing body parts, being mm. um, you know involved on a on a level of sexual interaction in terms of social media. That's far beyond the experience of the child. And and perhaps hold the thought because I just I'd like to for you to answer that um, in terms of. What your experience is, how do you work with those cases, but also some guidance while we are on this topic to parents who could be listening at the moment, because I think this is so real. Selfie has become the new thing on the block and exchanging photos mm. or putting it on as your profile pic mm. that, that people can take it from there and do whatever they feel yes. they would like to do with it. About child abuse to Childline and my guest is Michelle Skippers. I'm Shahida Kali. So the question asked was our children these days have been subjected to pornography, the taking of selfies, social media, requests to send photos, take a photo of your private parts and send it to me. These are things done by children as young as seven and eight and nine years old. And that's the experience that, that I've had and even in my practice. Mm. But let's listen and, and get a sense of, you know, your experience at Childline. Please, Michelle. Okay. So this is this is growing. Yeah. Yeah, this is growing. And we all know, like you said, selfie is the big thing. Everybody yeah. is taking selfies. Yeah. But I think children are not aware of the ramifications or the consequences of actually taking a naked picture. Yeah. So a child would be asked by a friend, by a boyfriend, um, send me a naked picture of yourself. And the child would possibly not put much thought into that of course and be thinking that okay my boy because they have a relationship because i trust this person we're in a relationship so the child has the perception this is going to stay between the two of us um girl sends boy the naked picture boy shows his friends distributes it to his friends put posters on facebook yeah now imagine what happens. The whole country has seen, ch- other children at school has seen, mm-hmm. mom has found out about this. Yeah. The child is completely humiliated. Yeah. So we are, have been, we've been getting a lot of requests on informing children about the dangers of technology as well so mm-hmm. that they can make informed choices so that they can be informed so we also have the films and publication act mm-hmm. which we are, are um, centering our programs on going yes. into schools and informing them that the moment you take a picture yes and you send it out you're distributing it mm-hmm. so you're manufacturing you're distributing it you are also committing some form of an offense because you you distributing it knowingly yeah but i mean so they sometimes don't know so we need to inform them because it's almost like if you know better you will maybe do better so they don't know and because they have so much faith in these people faith in the boyfriend or the friend or whatever and they're naive and they're trusting they kind of get cornered in situations of sending because i want to please um, but parents as well, when we're speaking about parents, children as young as eight, seven years old are having cell phones, mm-hmm. Shahida. I'm sure yeah. you're aware of that. Yes. Parents need to have control of that. Yes, you're giving your child a cell phone for whatever reason it be. Sometimes it's for new, you need it for communication purposes as well. Yes. But you can 
put on certain blocks. Yeah. Um, so that your child doesn't go on pornographic sites. sites. But I also think that more such information that, that, that there's some discussion should be given to parents because possibly they don't know yeah. how they can um, block their children from doing that. How can, yeah. how can they control their children's um, the interaction to. or their access to the internet, yeah. um, they, they don't know. So we yeah. need to, we need to, we need to actually. That is something that we need to speak about. We need to have conversation about that, yes. so that the parents can know, so that they can make wiser decisions, and so that they can prohibit, have some form of control. Yeah. Parents need to have control yeah. over what their children are doing. Yeah. And so, just a, a question on this: yes. When, for example, a parent is intentionally or consciously leaving pornographic material around on the computer, on the laptop, um, the books and the videos and the whatever else that, that would take the form of pornographic material. Um, you speak with us about the fact that it actually is a criminal offence. It is a criminal offence. And you see, what makes it a criminal offence that you just mentioned are intentionally. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the parent intentionally, is the parent doing it intentionally? Or intentionally, or is the parent doing it? When you say intentionally, actually, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Intentionally, so intentionally you know what? You the parent knows that this laptop the child works mm. on. When the peer, when the child opens the laptop, mm. they don't even have to go into a program. The pornography mm. is immediately on the screen. Yes. So you know. Yeah. Or they That's are carelessness. the 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 pornographic videos and and books and pictures Which and whatever. Is, mm would be in the drawers in which the children will be working. Mm. So it's not put aside or locked away in a safe Mm. so that only the parents will do whatever they're doing with it, but they are making it readily available Available. consciously, knowing that their children will have access to it. I worked with a boy Mm -hmm. who would have access to pornographic material the entire day alone at home. So when he was at home, parents would leave him and, you know, he would amuse himself with the stuff on the TV and a lot of that would then become pornographic material because children are curious, yes, you know, and children can be drawn into this type of um, watching and, uh, you know, the curiosity about stuff that they they don't know because Mm. they haven't experienced it, Mm. but now they are seeing it. Mm. But I think it was just important for you to confirm that it's actually a criminal offence if there is is neglect of it. It is a criminal offence, but now how do we prove that? So if the yeah. child comes and child discloses that, yeah. then obviously we would need to have a conversation with mom yeah. firstly, yeah. and explain to her that what she is doing is a criminal offence. Yeah. Um, and so then just uh, just another, uh, I wanted to refer to a message that I'd received um, on our WhatsApp line, and the person asks, um, why is it that nowadays the perpetrators more and more is known to the victim? Your 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 comment on that, please. It's never been nowadays. It's always been that way. I think it's even in my in my time of working at Charlotte and the cases that we that I see more than eighty percent, if not ninety percent, of the alleged perpetrators is known to the child, is known to the victim. So that is a myth. 
um, it's always been that way. It's always been like it's that. Always it's always been that way. It's always mostly been a person whom the child yes. has trusted. Yes. Um, you know, I, I just remember a child that I worked with and the father figure the father had passed on and how the father figure just lured the child into his home. But she trusted, she loved this person so much. And the trauma, she was actually hospitalized. I saw her in hospital. It's just the case in point that comes to mind. I've, I've received another message that I'd like to read very quickly it says us as parents really need to make an intention to move away from telling the kids they are old-fashioned when asking questions we must start talking to kids about the difference between private parts and body parts not always easy but critically important Um, the person continues to say I'm so passionate about the topic your guest should also have um, topics on teen dating violence Mm. right that's very, very one. important, and we certainly hmm. will focus on teen dating violence, absolutely, because we know what an important topic this is to have. That's the relevant that issue. Yeah. That is what children yeah. are grappling with. I love, I love that. I'm seeing she's a mother. I yeah. love her perspective on parents moving away to have an open conversation about sexuality. Right. Yes. Yes. And and also, like she says, you know, speak with them about the different body parts. The other thing, too, that we would have known in in, in education and and you would concur with me is how to speak with and get a sense from the children of the different words and names they use for body parts so that we don't shy away from you use that word and then the children would have been used to using that word so that you actually also speak with a child that includes the words and the grammar that the child would have learned from elsewhere true Mm -hmm. so when we do our programs we would usually ask the children so what is what do you call your private part yeah Right? What yes. is what do you call for the for the for the boys? What do you call your private part? And then they would say the yes. names Pippi, Tolly, you know the yes. names, the, the yeah. usual names. And then we would say, Yes, that is the names and then we would educate them on what the proper name is. Yeah. Yeah. But not saying that they cannot use that name, but yeah. just educating them on that what the actual the proper name is yes. for um girls and boys private parts. Yeah. But that's so important and you need to be comfortable with whatever that child calls his or her private parts. Because yes. you when a child mentions a word that is maybe just shocks you. Yeah. You need to be very when you, when you especially when you, if you're working with children, yes. um, you need to be conscious of how your own beliefs and check yourself yeah. um, on your own beliefs and 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 what your perception of sexuality is, and be open to that. You're gonna get some graphic information, yeah. yes. and that you shouldn't be scared the child of when the child is at a point of sharing openly with you, yeah. but that you should have a demeanor of acceptance, non-judgmental, yeah. and the child. And, and, and realizing that children has their own their own form of dialogue, so you need to yeah. get to that child's level. That using simple language yes. with children, so yes. it's a very, it's a very. You mentioned earlier about a specialized field. You need a special skill when yeah. working with yeah. children, but it's yes. it's beautiful also. Yeah, and I think also you know giving the child the sense that I'm being listened to, I have a voice, I'm being believed. Someone's paying attention to the, this this particular experience that I've had is just so critical important now we have about five minutes left over in our program what I'd like is because we touched I mean we spoke very broadly Mm. really and and what I'd like is perhaps to just move back now and say 
in the last five minutes, if a child has been traumatized, the child might have um, witnessed a murder, a mm-hmm. hijacking, um, you know, very, very traumatic event, mm. even a, a parent being beaten up terribly, yes. terribly, in, you know, in their presence and so what would be your guidance in terms of what would be good steps to take for the carer in that immediate situation? The child has now been traumatized. I want to contain the child. Mm. What is helpful for me? And what would be, like you said, the demeanor of that parent? Okay. Please. So you you mentioned quite a big word, containing mm-hmm. the child. So depending on in what m- emotional state the child is, is the child crying? Is the child very angry, very aggressive? Acknowledging the child's feeling, acknowledging that I can see that what you have witnessed or what you have gone through has been quite painful for you. It's hard for you. I can see that you're very sad. Acknowledging that and what you saw what you witnessed or what you went through is not right but i'm here for you and being conscious of your tone of voice being conscious of your facial expression being conscious of the body your body language is it open is it receptive is it making a child feel safe the child just wants to fall into your arms and just wants and if the child wants to be held you can do that as well so that's for the parent um to not you know, make it seem like whatever the child is experiencing, whatever behavior the child is experiencing, that just don't disregard that. Mm. Or say, oh, mm-hmm. you're just being naughty. Oh, you're overreacting. Yeah. Don't do that. Or stop the crying. Or stop the crying. Yeah. This is now unnecessary. Yeah. You've been crying for how long? It wasn't yes. so bad what you saw. Yes. You know? Yeah. And But then getting help for that child. So yeah. if you're noticing that the child is either digressing. Yeah. Um, and child is, you know, like I've mentioned before, um, teachers are starting to complain. You noticing changes in your child because parents, you, they, they, sh- they spend the most time they should at least I mean rather yes. say they should they should be the experts of their children so they yes. should be so engaged as you can see that my child is having a bad day my child is acting differently if I see this being carried on for a long period of time get help yeah. for their child what they could do so children has a toll free number that children can call if they are going through anything traumatic or making them sad or making them unhappy that parents can call that educators can call and I don't know, Shahida, if you do have the number. Please which is, give it to can me. Can I give you yeah. the number? Please? So we have a special song. We go to schools. We we teach the children this this number. So I'm going to just, you know, just do the little routine that Please we do. Please do that. Okay. So the number goes like this. So it's 0800555555. That's a toll-free number. Okay. And toll-free number meaning if they phone from a telecom line that it's completely free. free. Cell phone, free. Cell phone free as well. Mm. I wasn't aware of that, actually. Well, that's brilliant. It is brilliant. But, and again, I just want to say thank you so much. It's been a, a stunning program. And I think, you know, one of the things that I, that I also wanted to add is 
um, parents to be aware of if your child is distressed mm. and distraught mm. for you to contain yourself that you also not you know completely anxious but you're trying to calm your child down mm. so I think for parents also to know in containing my child I need to be as contained okay. as possible that's that's a yeah. very good point because, because I know it's some and you know what one experiences is as much as we are trained, as much as we would have thought it through, if there is trauma happening, you have, you are not um, always responding mm. in the way that you would have responded. I always take a case in point that I'd like to mention because it was about me. Mm. My child was run over by a car. And so I am trained how to cope and how to do this, that and the other. And you don't just pick up a child and move the child out of the road yes. because the child could have broken mm. their neck and their backs mm. and their whatever. And I promise you on this day, and I see the accident happening, and Michelle, I run and I pick up my child and I carry my child out of the way. And I'm schooled and trained to say, first check the child out before you move the child. And, and, and really that was such a learning curve mm. for me, how we have to remind ourselves that when something happens to our children, we have to try to remain as calm as possible, possible. to yes. manage the situation in the best of way. Yes. So that is just my <laughs> example of how it is easy to just lose mm. it under certain circumstances. But I want to say thank you in a million it's been a great program and i hope to speak with you very soon we'd like to speak on as you mentioned of the air engaged parenting i think we need to do the topic of teen dating mm. violence critically important um, topics to have technological dangers you know search age uh, engines that should be blocked etc and ways of doing that i thank you very much and good evening Thank you, Shaida, for having me. It's been it's an my, absolute pleasure. It's my pleasure. It was wonderful to have you. I've been speaking with Michelle Skippers, who is a social worker from Childline or at Childline. It's been a stunning program. Next week, we will continue to have our focus on child abuse. So I'd like you to tune in again.